Welcome to So You Want to Be a Councillor, where you'll get a realistic glimpse into what it's like to be elected to represent your community on one of Queensland's 77 councils. It takes a special person to both serve and represent their community. That's exactly what the 600 councillors across Queensland's 77 councils do day in and day out. It's a big job, but someone's got to do it. It's an often misunderstood fact that mayors themselves are technically councillors as well, and their duties don't end at the close of business. But those who take up the honour of the position say they find it worthwhile after seeing the tangible difference they've been able to make. So how does someone find themselves in the position of mayor? I'm Rob Hazel, and in this episode we catch up with Bill Shannon, former mayor of the Cassowary Coast Regional Council. Bill shares how his life as a self-described community man put him in the right place at the right time, as he says, in order to run the show properly. A long-standing member of just about every community committee in existence, Bill reflects on his time in office and passes on advice for other community-oriented people looking to make a real difference. But most of all, through his participation in this podcast, Bill says he hopes to inspire others to put their hands up to run for council. My name is Bill Shannon. I was Mayor of the Cassia Coast Regional Council on its formation in uh, 2008 until 2016, two terms. Bill, what was your background leading into that, uh, that first stint in 2008? Well, uh, my background is as a chartered accountant and uh, an economist. But um, what I've been doing more recently uh, was uh, primary production and uh, working in the sugar industry as well. It's, it, um, so I've been across uh, both sides of uh, commerce, if you like, the, um, in, in cities and uh, those sorts of occupations and uh, really enjoy being in the regions and the opportunity to do things that people in the country, people in the cities can't do, such as uh, have an interaction with uh, uh, animals and uh, plants and the like. What drove you uh, to sort of move away from the, the, the private sector then and, and look for, uh, I, I guess, uh, election in, in local government? Well, I've always been interested in community affairs and I've had a, um, not just a, as I've never been a member of a political party, but always interested in a community. And uh, I've been on the board, for example, of Terrain NRM, the natural resource body. I've been on the local Marine Advisory Committee to the Great Barrier Reef Marine Park Authority. Uh, I was um, involved as the inaugural chairman of the Mission Beach Community Association. So it's been it's, the opportunity in a small community to contribute across a number of different ways is quite different to being in a city where uh, local community matters a lot less. Was there some sort of impetus that said, I'm going to run for council? Well, there, there was. It's a, that's a very interesting question, Rob, because... Uh, there have been a, a merger of Johnson and Cardwell Shires. Johnson had an administrator appointed, so it had more than its fair share of troubles. Uh, Cardwell was a slightly smaller shire. Um, I lived in Mission Beach, which is virtually on the border. Mission Beach was split between those two councils, and that was always a, a, a cause of anxiety in Mission Beach because it was split between two council areas, yet it's only one place, really. So when there was this um, uh, the creation of a new council, there's an opportunity, I thought, and uh, to raise the plane a bit, if you like, to, to do, do things a bit differently and a bit better. Uh, and I was, I guess, from a background, well-placed to give it a go. And fortunately, the, the, the uh, voters thought so. So I was able to, to win in both the, um, the north and in the south. So it was, a, it was a good start. But there was a lot, lot to do. There was a huge backlog uh, of infrastructure that was not, um, hadn't been kept up. There was the issues to do with an administrator in Johnson. 
So it was, um, in fact, the main reason I wanted to do it, to be honest, was to play a part in this really important time of change. It, it, it is a unique situation when we're talking about all the amalgamations in 2008 and coming in as a first-term mayor, um, trying to pull different communities together and, and be united as one. We, even with your even with your background prior to, to election, this, this must have been new territory for you. Well, it was. Um, it was new territory, but I think that's probably an advantage. Uh, local government is, um, it's, it's very, you don't need, you don't have to have experience uh, in it to be able to make a contribution to it. Uh, in fact, it's very interesting in that way because it really, what really matters is your connection to the community. You know, I was well known through the rural industry. I was well known in financial circles, uh, well enough known, known um, in the community at large uh, through various uh, means, such as, like I mentioned, the uh, Marine Park Authority or the uh, uh, Terrain NRM. So there was... That's what really matters. So there's, if, if you have that breadth of background, uh, you've got a, you've really got a huge start. Well, obviously it was a good fit for you with your background, but I think it's still uncharted waters m- moving into a job like that. Did you find it easy? Did you find it difficult? It was, it was easy in some ways and difficult in others. I mean, the easy part was to, um, the, the, the issues you're facing weren't, weren't difficult. Uh, the the hard part, I guess, is getting used to your time not being your own. Uh, you meet a lot of people. You you move in very different circles to what you might have done before. You, you in fact, it comes at a cost to your personal life because your old friends or your family friends, you have less time to see them. But on the other side of that, you've got um, you're meeting all sorts of people and doing really interesting work. So it was uh, both uh, both good and bad in that regard. But I would certainly say the absolutely that the advantages outweigh the disadvantages because it's a, a wonderful area to work in and to make a contribution for the betterment of the whole community. And the hard part, I guess, is um, the hard part is really to do with having to be fair, having, having to rely on a value system. You can't, you'll have friends come along and ask you whether you could do, they could do this or that. And you might say, look, I'd, I'd love to help you. And I think that, you know, that's a great idea, but I can't help you without helping everybody else in exactly the same situation. So you've got to, we've got to change the rules and there's a process for that or that it won't work for whatever reason. So you've really got to be, you've really got to be quite tough with people. But when you, when you explain it to them, they, they, you know, they might want something simple, you know, dispensation from fixing up a road or something. But you, you can't have favourites. And, uh, and when you explain it to people, I can tell you, they will, they will say, fair enough. They actually respect you but taking a stand on something in the interest of fairness. Is that, is that the hardest part of the job, Bill? I, I, was, I was having a think before about political representatives at a state or a federal level where they're not at the grassroots. Um, certainly they might live within their electorates, certainly within their state. But as a mayor or as a councillor, your neighbours are the people who voted for you. Your, your family and friends are the people who voted for you. And every decision that you make impacts your street, where you live your neighbourhood, where you live. So I would imagine then that, that those tough calls are made even tougher because they're people that you know. That's exactly right. In fact, you can even, be a, you can, you can even have to make a decision that's in your own, in your own um, disinterest. Uh, and a classic case of that was when a, a bridge was falling down, which is very near to where I live. To be perfectly honest, from where I live, I would have been happier if the bridge fell down and stayed down. Uh, there'd be less 
through traffic and I might have very occasionally a slightly longer road to, to drive to get somewhere. But in fact, the, the overall interest of the whole community is to have that bridge repaired and fixed, which is what we did, even though, uh, from my own personal point of view, I, I would have honestly preferred to have it uh, not there at all. Your time as a, as a councillor, as a mayor, uh, is it something that you'd recommend? Very much so. I would recommend people uh, look to contribute in local government as a mayor or as a councillor, uh, both uh, rewarding, slightly different roles, but uh, very rewarding uh, and a wonderful uh, chance to uh, make a difference in your own local community. When you say there's a difference between mayors and councillors, uh, I can imagine that that's, that's doubly so in, in councils where there are divisions too. Yes, that's true, because, but the, that's the other thing, that councillors often think they've got to represent what it is that their particular division wants. Uh, that, that isn't the case. Uh, they must act in the best interest of the council as a whole, but they come to the council in the knowledge that they've got particular experience and backgrounds in those divisions. So that difference um, uh, isn't always appreciated, or in fact, it's not only sometimes not appreciated by the community who think the local councillor must always do what it is that the local community want, um, and that isn't the uh, that isn't the way it works. You your requirement is to act in the best interests of the whole council, but bring to bear uh, the view of the local area, and that may well that may well change the view of other councillors, uh, and that's that's where you want good, strong local councillors who who can who can. Um, push for the, the, the interest of that individual council. But when a decision is made, a bit, like, a bit like a political party or a bit like a government, when the local government makes a decision, that is the decision that, that that's all councillors uh, must support, regardless of them voting against it in the first place, for example. And it suddenly dawned on me, you were, you were the mayor of Kasseri Coast when Saikon Yasi hit in 2011. When Yasi hit, yes, and I was there for... For Yasi, and I was there for the most of the cleanup for Larry. So I've I've had two cleanups and one um, one cyclone, and I could talk about cyclones uh, forever. But I think um, it was very flattering to have um, people from the US on the east coast, southern part of the east coast of of um, America, uh, Carolina, and and towards Florida, come over and want to want to talk to me because they, with their American accents, were telling me that they've assessed uh, what we do in Queensland as being at, at world's best practice, that we can have a major cyclone, no lives lost, uh, and um, things go relatively well. And, and that, is, that is true. There was enormous trauma and individuals suffered terribly. I'm not, I'm not belittling that. But I am saying that there were no lives lost. And I am saying that if your house was built after 1986, when the Queensland Building Code changed, and the house was built properly by the by the builder. A Category Five cyclone will not knock it over. A tree might if it falls on it, but the building, uh, if it's built to standard and the Queensland standards are very very high, it will it will um, ride out a cyclone fine. That doesn't mean, as I said, a tree doesn't fall on or, or a, there's a a, um, a missile that goes through a window. But I'm talking about the wind and the forces that are exerted. And that's, that's a pretty big deal to have a, a code in your country that can give that level of security to people who live there. When you look back on your two terms as mayor, what, what are the, some of the real highlights for you? And you can walk away proud that you, that you achieved that. I think the, uh, 
the key to that was because it was such a there were so many initial problems. I remember talking to the premier at the time and saying we had you know it's how difficult it is, and she said um, that if you run the show properly, and there was reasons why she would say that with the administrator having been appointed and what have you, he said if you run the show properly, we will help you. Now we did run it properly, and she did help us, and we in um, in those two terms uh, got virtually all of the backlog of infrastructure sorted. So it was a, I think that's the, um, so the two things, setting, setting the rules about how we operate in place, that was, that was a highlight, and setting um, the uh, wheels in motion to get a lot of that work done was, was another, another highlight. And there, in fact, that's, that's one of the reasons why I didn't do a third term. It's, um, it's made of, life's full of chapters, you know, another chapter can come up, um, and that's always been how I've thought. So it was um, all of the things, or virtually all the things that I wanted to do had been able to be uh, achieved. So it was time to, uh, uh, to do other things at the time. Put yourself into a position of someone who's looking at potentially uh, getting into local government in the 2024 election. How important do you think it would be for them to get an understanding, particularly around things like legislation, and meeting agendas and rules, that sort of thing. Uh, how important would it be for them to get on the department's website and have a look at some of those some of those um, rules and 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 guiding principles that, that are there for them to see? Oh, extremely important to do that. Um, I mean, I did it myself. I read it all very very closely and the legislation, and they went to the various sessions that were held beforehand. But in, in a sense, I, I don't know that I learnt a huge amount because I, I had been a company secretary of a major listed public company. So um, I, I, uh, I knew a deal of it about meetings and meeting procedures and the like, but the importance of that uh, for anyone who's looking to stand for local government is very, is very high. Not everyone's going to have your, your, uh, your background, Bill. So if you're looking at, at just people who, who may have, have very ordinary backgrounds, who are thinking about getting into local government, what are, what are some of the things that you would tell them um, about either encouraging them or, or, or maybe saying it, it might not be for you? Yeah, that's, that's a um, very interesting concept because there are a lot of people that, that get into local government who really don't have a clue or they'll be, you, you might ask them about uh, various decisions to do with the budgeting process or the rate setting and the like. And they will say, oh, that's not my area. I don't know anything about that. I just rely on the staff. Well, that, that answer is not good enough. Uh, you must know what it is that you're deciding uh, and why. And you must be asking questions. So you come at it with an open mind. Do apply um, not, not, over, not um, anything, any more than average intelligence to issues, but you must apply yourself to the issues and you must understand the, the, uh, the context in which they're made. Uh, and that that for some people that's pretty difficult actually, but it, it overall it isn't it isn't a high bar. So don't be put off by the fact that you, the, the people don't have a um, a particular background that might make it easier for them. Uh, see it as a as not overly difficult, and also it is a huge opportunity to um, to make a difference for your for your community. Uh, and it's also extremely interesting, you know. Not not a whole lot of people will be able to say that they've met, you know, governor generals and governors and premiers and state ministers and federal ministers, and and get to know them uh, sometimes pretty well. So that really that in itself is, um, you know, interesting to uh, to have those people cross your path. 
got to have a passion for community too, I would imagine, and an understanding that, that the decisions that you make when you're on council can, can have a real impact for you know decades to come. But I want to be very positive about it because it's um, that's why I had no hesitation in saying I'd be part of this because uh, we we want and need to get really good people in local government, and they uh, one of the ways to do that is to explain what's involved and to to encourage uh, good people to um, to give it a go. Thanks very much, Bill, and thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Councillor. Next time, we chat with Denise Geyer, who is currently enjoying her second term as a councillor with the Palm Island Aboriginal Shire Council. A well-respected and popular figurehead, Denise has been tirelessly advocating for her community and previously held multiple positions within council, including as deputy CEO and acting CEO. And I was the only female, and that was very challenging with um, four male councillors. If you're feeling inspired to represent your community and considering running for council, go to statedevelopment.qld.gov.au slash getelected. There's a link in the show notes. If you like today's episode or any of our other episodes, please give us a rating review in your podcast app.